0: What the hell is the name of this thing? The
1: Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You are working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last?
0: Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this
1: is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sarrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting editions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the College Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello,
0: everybody, and welcome into another edition of Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, and scribbling furiously. What over is there, it? What am I doing? Scribbling, okay, furiously over there is I'm Barry Horn, and joining us uh, on the phone today from Oklahoma, the one and only Barry Trammell, sports columnist for the Daily Oklahoma. Hi, Barry. How are you?
2: I'm good. Kevin, how's it going?
0: Well, it's going pretty well. You know, I was up in your neighborhood the other day and uh, covering that TCU-Oklahoma game, and it wasn't quite as good a game as I hoped it was going to be. Oklahoma just kind of uh, put the hammer down on them in the first half and then went on cruise control in the second and uh, pretty much uh, uh, demonstrated who was the better team.
2: Well, that offense they've got is just so incredible. You know, they played two marquee games here back-to-back. They scored 38 points in the first half of both. So, you know, how do you deal with that? If you, I mean, this this offense is just playing great. It's masking up a lot of problems on the defense side.
0: Yes, yeah, still, still some problems on that defense. But when you have a quarterback, and I know this is the problem with the perception, and I know that you ask, you you ask Lincoln Riley a question after the uh, the game and, uh, about. Uh, the fact that, uh, well, did you not, you know, were you, were you trying not to show some things? If there's a rematch with TCU in the Big 12 title game, then the second half. Uh, and it's, it's maybe because uh, Oklahoma got so much criticism after the Oklahoma State game for the shootout, 62-52 to or whatever that final score was, um, and, and that, uh, that this is just the same old Big 12. You know, it's all about offense and no defense.
2: Yeah, and you know what? The Sooners, of course, didn't score at all in the second half against TCU. In a way, they might be better off because everybody seems to react negatively when it's 59-something. But 38-20 to sounds like a more normal sco- a score, and everybody seems to be pleased with that. You know, the truth about the Big 12 this year is it's sort of a normal league, except when OU or OSU is playing. And then the scores get goofy. But when they're not in a game, we have normal scores. I mean, we have, you know, TCU, Iowa State was fourteen to 7. West Virginia, TCU, 31-24. Uh, West Virginia, Iowa State, 20-16. to uh, Texas plays normal type scores. Even Tech, Baylor, 38-24, and that's with two non-offensive touchdowns. But when Oklahoma and Oklahoma State get involved, it's 49-42 and 62-52. And 38-14 at halftime. So, heck, maybe you know, it's just not very sophisticated to win games sixty-two
1: to fifty-two. <laughs> no, so, it's not. So maybe,
2: maybe, maybe the Sooners are better off uh, uh, holding it down in the second half. I
1: bet. I bet Baker Mayfield would have liked to have scored some more points in the second half, though. Uh, he he's got his own uh, standings he has to worry about, or he he'll say he's not worrying wow. about it. But but he he wants to win that Heisman, doesn't he?
2: I assume he does. Uh, I certainly would if I was him. And for crying out loud, he seems to be the—you know—he seems to be the 1951 Dodgers. He's got a 13 and a half game lead. Did you see the latest Vegas odds?
0: No, I did. One what are 20. they? One to twenty. Is that right?
2: So if you want to win, if you want to make five bucks on Baker Mayfield, you got to put up a hundred dollars.
1: How about so that? He's, he's, I,
2: I, got, he's got some serious lead in that Heisman.
1: I don't know the that that whole uh, East Coast media. I still see them voting uh, going for the Penn State uh, Saquon Barkley. I, I just I just I just know that's no, going to happen.
0: No, but that's not going. That can, he can't. He cannot win. Penn State. He, he cannot win. He cannot win. Penn. Listen, the voters are going to vote for the for the teams that are going to be in the Final Four. If you if there is a great player with great stats
1: in the Final Four, don't discount. Saqu- I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, but my question to you, Barry is uh, how much credit does Lincoln Riley get for this season?
2: Well, he gets a bunch, but most of it because of his role as offensive coordinator. I that, think he's going to be an excellent head coach, but I don't know that any head coaching that he's done is has sort of imprinted this team. Uh, as long as he was the offensive coordinator of this team, I don't think it matters who was going to be the head coach. So, you know, they still got defensive problems, uh, but that offense is just so out of this world that, you know, they're, they're just hard to deal with. So, uh, you know, I think I think Riley, the head coach, will be determined in the years to come when he's having to, you know, he's having to mold and shape his own program. And, oh, by the way, he's going to have to coordinate an offense without Baker Mayfield's quarterbacking. The truth of the matter is, uh, he's been, he's shown himself to be a great offensive coordinator, but he's always had uh, Baker Mayfield to snap the ball to. You
0: see, and to me, that's the if you watch that game against TCU, you know, first of all, now TCU does a great job against in their defense against the run. They were number one in the nation, and I don't think that was a fluke stat. They do a great job against the run. Uh, they they have uh, not done as great a job against the pass, but they certainly weren't awful either. And uh, there were times uh, Saturday where they got some pressure on Baker. But the problem with him is, is that, as we know, he moves so well that if you, if you get him outside the pocket, he might even be more dangerous than he is normally. But even standing in the pocket, he had, he had two completions of 46 yards each and then another of 50. And on one of those, it was a back shoulder f- a fade for, you know, for a 46-yard gain, a perfect pass uh, to drop on a receiver. The DB was right on him uh in the coverage there was it was just a perfect pass, and we had Chris Sims on our uh podcast last week and he and he went on and on and on about Baker and what he, he thinks he, about he also him went
1: say. on and on and on how Notre Dame was going to beat miami well, it was it was wrong about that one. Uh, I just want to point that out. I don't think
0: he went on. No, he didn't emphasize that nearly as much as he did about uh, Baker but, Mayfield. But,
1: but he, uh, you know. People, I, people
0: make mistakes. Have you made any mistakes lately?
1: I picked the Cowboys to beat the uh, yeah. Falcons. Yeah, so
0: why should we listen to you then? Is you that, shouldn't. No. Uh, at, at, at any point, at any rate, just what you said is, is to me uh, the case here is that so many times we we get to thinking that it's all like Mike Leach, that these are system quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield is not a system quarterback.
1: But do people back east know that? No, I'm I'm serious serious.
0: Well, I, I think the fact that Vegas is as he's pointing out making it on one to twenty odds to win this thing makes that pretty clear. I mean, I, I just think that uh that what we've seen from the rest of the from the rest of the contenders, Bryce Love Stanford, Saquon Barkley, uh those are those are two pretty serious candidates guys who've had good years. And I and I I think when you combine what Baker's stats Are better than everybody's, His passing efficiency rating, what is it now, Barry? It was two hundred one going into that game last week.
2: Yeah, I mean I haven't looked. It's like he set the NCAA record last season on efficiency, and it's better this season. Yeah. I mean, here is that. I mean, I try. I I try not to be too dogmatic about Baker Mayfield because I know I'm, you know, an Oklahoman, and I'm here in the middle of it. But we haven't seen too many guys come down the pike. With this kind of college football career, he's going to finish in the top four of the Heisman three years. Yeah, that's been that's been done by four people in history. None of them quarterbacks. Three of them played in the '40s: Doc Blanchard, Quinn Davis, and Dope Walker. And the fourth is Herschel Walker. This guy is putting together a career that that's close to unparalleled and now the one thing he's missing is a national championship that's going to be hard to win. He's got a shot at it. Who knows if he'll get it. But I mean if he would if he would produce a national championship, he'd have to enter the he'd have to enter the discussion of best college quarterback of all time.
0: Well, he would, you know, and and that's kind of hard to believe when you when you think about the it. The walk
1: on Baker Mayfield. The walk on Baker
0: Mayfield. Yeah, the left foot because you know, uh after uh, Cliff Kingsbury kind of uh tossed him aside, uh, there was some feeling that, uh, and certainly by me too, that when Patrick Mahomes went in there and was uh, and put up great numbers at, at, uh, at Texas Tech that, that maybe he made the right decision. Uh, that's kind of a hard thing to say now, although I will say this, Cliff Kingsbury sure knows quarterback talent. He had a lot of them uh, out there in Lubbock. So if uh, if things don't work out for him at, at Texas Tech,
1: I think he may make a nice offensive coordinator somewhere. How much how, Barry how much playing time do you think Baker Mayfield will get in this week's uh, tough game for Oklahoma against Kansas?
2: Against Kansas, I would be massively disappointed if he plays the second half. Um, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't like the way the second half against TCU went. I mean, they were milking clock, they weren't really trying to score. They threw six times all half. But he was running a bunch.
0: Yes, he because was.
2: He may, Several design runs, I'm thinking, hey, cut that crap out. If you want to milk the clock, just run the tail back up the middle and punt. Don't don't expose Baker Mayfield. So, I got to believe he'll get in and out. He'll get in and out pretty quick against the Jayhawks. And one, is... thing on Cliff King, uh, one thing on Cliff Kingsbury, I will give Cliff Kingsbury credit for one thing. He at least gave Baker Mayfield a chance. Everybody always is on check and Kingsbury, but... Uh, all kinds of people pass on Baker Mayfield. You know, he, he wanted to come to Oklahoma and they didn't give him the time of day. He thought he was going to get a scholarship from Gary Patterson and T C U didn't come through with it. He grew up in the backyard of Texas. They didn't they didn't show any interest. Uh, every he, you know, in a lot of ways he's a carbon copy of Johnny Manziel. A and M didn't want him. So everybody in this part of the country whipped on Baker Mayfield and and Ted and Cliff Kingsbury whiffed a little bit less. So I give Kingsbury a little credit for at least
0: giving the kid a
1: chance. So look, I, we're on with two college football experts, Kevin and, and Barry. Oh, yeah. and, and I want to know, why did everybody whiff on him?
0: I think one of the reasons why they did it was just
1: because he's short. You
0: yeah. Know? I think uh, I, that's totally
1: it? it? End of story? Well,
2: uh, <laughs> I, there's two things. There's two things. He can be a little, he can be a little off-putting with his attitude. Yeah, when he's when he's the Heisman Trophy winner, you think he's the greatest of all time. When he hadn't really done much, and he's acting like uh, you know the coolest thing on campus, you think, well, we'll just go on down the road. I think that's what a lot of it was, um, because you know it's, it's not like you know 15 years ago you'd think this, but we got a lot of scholarship now that short quarterback, you know, it's not a death spell. I mean. Drew Brees is going to the Hall of Fame. Russell Wilson, a uh, a uh, a big winner. Bugsy Bogues played in the NBA forever. At <laughs> five foot three, you don't think a six foot
0: quarterback can excel on the college level? Well, the, part part of the problem, and, and you're and you're right about that, is that Gary Patterson talked about when they when he and Baker were having the war that uh, that uh, he talked about Baker's arrogant father uh, and and some yeah. other things, and and then you know. And then when, and there's not only that, there are some, there's some issues on the field, too, and I think that Baker's kind of put that to rest. Uh, he's a little excitable, uh, a little too amped up. I'll be interested to see how that translates when he gets in the pros, if he gets a shot, and I think he will, um, as to how his teammates take that, as how, how opponents take it. Uh, that's, uh, you don't see many quarterbacks uh, with that kind of personality on the field. Uh, and I think that was evident when you, what you talked about in the game Saturday, I don't know how many of those were called running plays for him, but he's not only running with the ball, he's, he's looking for contact. not running out of bounds. He's no. not sliding. He's turning and hitting guys and then turning but, around and get in their face afterwards. You know, that's just crazy. Yeah, that,
2: one, that one play where he runs towards us on the press box side, he gets to the sideline and doesn't go out of bounds. And no TCU guys around him. He just sort of stands there waiting to be
0: hit. Right. So, yeah.
2: You know, he, he's got to cut that out. I mean, there's not any question
0: about that. Well, he, he does. So, so now
1: he's a confident quarterback. He used to be a cocky quarterback, right? Yeah. That's
0: that's how you that's how you progress. He was, uh, and, I, and I, I'm dead serious about Cliff Kingsbury. Listen, I don't think there's any quarter, any, any offensive coach who recognizes quarterbacks better than Cliff Kingsbury does. He's the one who said Johnny Manziel's the guy at A and M. He, he he recognized that I think from from the very beginning. I think he was the first person A and M to recognize that, other than the coaches who actually recruited him, Mike uh, Sherman, Mike Sherman, and Tom Rossley. It was Tom Rossley's idea to recruit him in the first place. That, but you're right, it, 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 and it kind of it, it, I think you see that from the standpoint: if you just got Johnny Manziel, this guy is perhaps another Johnny Manziel, and maybe a better one. He's certainly a better. He certainly throws the ball better than Johnny did ever did. Uh, much more accurate.
2: That's the thing about Baker Mayfield, he gets lost in translation. For all his theatrics, for all his heroics, for all his scrambles and phenomenal plays, he delivers the ball on target as good as anybody. And especially in the NFL, that's the most important thing. Yes, it is. Somebody that can throw accurately because the windows are very tight. So I don't know if he'll make it in the NFL, but I certainly think he's got a shot.
0: We do too, or at least I do too. I I think that uh, it, because as we've said before, the the whole height thing is is overblown. And the how, how many there are just as many busts of six four quarterbacks, or six, yeah, or six five quarterbacks as there are of, of six foot quarterbacks. Um, and and for that matter, you know, everybody every time you say a guy is six four, he's not six four.
1: You know, he's six six three, six two and a half. You know, what is Baker listed at? Uh, he's, he's uh, listed
2: six one, I think.
1: What do you think he is? How tall do you think
2: I he think is? Think he's 5'11". Yeah, I think
0: he's five eleven. Yeah, I think 5'11". he's five five eleven, six feet tall. He's he's right around there. Uh, he's not a lot shorter than what they say is. And the fact that he can move and throw on the run certainly uh, you know improves his uh, chances of making a throw. And as and, and as Barry says, he's incredibly accurate. The only other quarterback I've seen this year as accurate as he is is Josh Rosen. Um, and and I, I I think you know Josh everybody saying that Josh Rosen is going to be. You know, maybe the first pick of the draft. He, how tall is he? He's pretty tall. Yeah. He, he's probably about six three or six four. So, so he fits the bill. He fits. He what, fits for, yeah. for what everybody wants. But Josh Rosen's team is what five and five right now, and and Baker. But they have a big team. win, don't they? Yes, they do have a big win over a Over a
1: <laughs> Excuse me. So, I guess everybody here thinks Oklahoma is one of the Final Four right now. It's Tuesday morning, uh, whatever day this is. We're waiting for the third. College football playoff uh, standings to come out or, or rankings to come out. Give me give me your four, Barry.
2: I think, uh, now here's what's crazy. As we sit here this week, not necessarily at the end. Right. But right now, the Sooners actually have the best resume of all of them. Oklahoma has three wins over top 12 teams. They've lost to Iowa State, but they've got three wins over top twelve teams: Ohio State, TCU, Oklahoma State. I think all three are going to be in the top twelve. If they're not, it's going to be top thirteen. Alabama's got zero. Miami's got one. It's a good one—the win over Notre Dame. So, you know, I'm interested to see how the committee responds to that, because the last three years have shown us they really like uh, big wins. They like good wins. they tend to reward good wins more than penalized losses so uh you know that iowa state game is inexplicable but thanks to the resurgence of the big 12 you know oklahoma is the opposite of wisconsin wisconsin wherever they're at seventh eighth ninth i can't remember undefeated everybody's up in arms but wisconsin had a terrible non-conference schedule and then this year in the big 10 rotation their conference schedule hasn't been any good. They missed Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, and they played Michigan this week. So they've literally just avoided quality teams through no fault of their own. But Oklahoma's run smack dab into quality teams because they had the Ohio State game in non-conference, and the Big 12 has gotten sort of a, a, a revival this season in, in status and reputation. And the Sooners have, have uh, beaten back the uh, two best teams, TCU and Oklahoma State. So, in a lot of ways, the Sooners are the are the anti Badgers.
1: So, who are you, who's your number four team then? Who's the fourth team right now?
2: Clemson. Clemson would be fourth. Pretty clear. There's a big divide between three and four. The question is, what happens? You know, if everybody wins out the way you sort of think they might, Clemson, Miami winner goes. Who's the fourth team? That's what is. You know, we went. We went from looking to say, who's going to get left out, to saying, well, who are you going to put in? Because we could have a two-loss team. People like Ohio State and Southern Cal are actually sort of back in the mix. Um, Alabama, or uh, particularly Alabama, but um, if, if they should not win the SEC, they will probably still get in.
1: Let's first of all, let's Kevin, ho- Give me your four before you. All right. Well, let, let's
0: let's hope that Ohio State's not getting back in with two losses. The biggest underachievers in America. I, I think that's a it's a great team. But when you've lost two games this season, the way they have, it, it just it's phenomenal to me that, that they didn't
1: lose the last game. They they were
0: trounced. Well, absolutely. And of course, they came right out in, in typical Ohio State style. And then they come back at the, at the very end of the season and just and uh, put the pedal to the metal. No, I mean, I'm I'm being very conservative in the way I pick. I'm picking them. I have a Tennessee that if you were already ranked over somebody else, I just and you won, I just shoved you up one and I dropped people. I had Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and um, my fourth team. I, I forgot. Miami, do you have Miami? I have Miami. Yeah, Miami. I got Miami four.
1: Okay, yeah. so here's my question to you guys. You know, I'm I, I'm a geek when it comes to television ratings. Yeah, the television ratings of the Big Twelve and I, I, I have the Big Ten. I'm sorry. And I, I would count Notre Dame in that cause sure. in that area are phenomenal. They kill everybody else's. It's not even close. Do you think they would they would they would have a, a Final Four without a big a Midwest? Let's say a Midwestern team.
0: No, I, just what Barry was talking about. I I, I think they will not. Because I, I, here's, here's what's going to happen. They will not have
1: it. Uh, no, no, they will have a team. They will. they will
0: not keep them out. Because here's what's going to happen. Uh, because because uh, Clemson, you know, you, you're going to end up with one ACC team. You're going to end up with one SEC team. Uh, I think Oklahoma's going to get in if they went out. Um, and then the fourth team will be a Big Ten team because you'll either have an undefeated Wisconsin at which point they will have beaten Ohio State, and that will be a good win right. for them to beat Ohio State. And with an undefeated, undefeated Big Ten team, there's just no way they leave out uh, an undefeated Big Ten, Ten team, in my estimation. So that, w- so you'll get that. And I guess it's a possibility you could get Ohio State in that mix, uh, which I think would be a travesty. Is, a is there
1: any chance if TCU beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, TCU could be back?
2: Uh, there's, a, there's a chance.
0: Possible, yeah. Because uh, I, I here's,
2: here's the deal, guys. There's a decent chance that we will have a two-loss team this season. Never had one. But it could happen, most definitely. And,
1: and
0: why do you think that is, Barry?
2: Well, I think we're running out of teams. Um, after the events of last uh, Saturday, it's just a case of there's not going to be that many. I mean, if TCU beats Oklahoma... They're not going to have one uh, in the Big Twelve. Right. The Pac-12 already doesn't have one. Notre Dame already has two losses. Um, in the in the Big Ten, if if Wisconsin loses the Big Ten title game, Wisconsin wouldn't have two losses, but they're not getting in. Yeah, you'd you'd more likely take the champ. So, uh, you know, it, it's a case of somebody's got to go. I, I mean, and you know, one year, you know, one year we had a national champion with two losses. Back in 07 LSU. So uh, sometimes you're just at the end of the at the end of the day, you just got to take whoever's available. And everybody was always worried about, you know, what if an unbeaten gets left out? Well, that's never going to happen. It's a case of some some years you're going to have to put in people that you're not you don't think is all that worthy.
0: So in the rematch, which I assume is going to be TCU and Oklahoma, uh, do you first of all let me ask you this? Uh, did you have Oklahoma winning that first game?
2: Yes, I did.
0: Okay, yeah, so pretty I. tight.
2: I, I thought it'd be tight.
0: Yeah, so we were wrong about that. So then uh in in the rematch, uh, are you gonna I'm assuming you're gonna pick Oklahoma again?
2: Well I probably would, I guess. I mean now I, I would not be fired up about Jerry Patterson getting a second crack at the apple. Uh he's pretty good at scheming defenses. On the other hand, nobody's ever really slowed down Baker Mayfield, so I wouldn't be crazy about picking against Baker Mayfield either. I mean that offense is just like I said, it's historically it's historically great. Um, so I don't you know, I don't even even a good game by T C U would hold Oklahoma into the thirties. So can Kenny Hill get to thirty against Oklahoma? Yeah, couldn't the other night? Maybe he could. Maybe he could if he got another chance.
0: That's possible. And see, this is my issue with the with and something you were saying a while ago about the resurgence of the Big Twelve this year. The whole problem with the, the fact that they thought they just had to have a championship game, and I think that this season has already proven that that was false. That you didn't have to have that because. Just for the very reason we said, here, here's Wisconsin undefeated, right? And they can't get in the top four. They, can't, they, they might get in the top five this week. Uh, and yet Oklahoma has a loss. TCU had a loss. They were both ranked ahead of them. And that's because of the non conference schedules that they had this year. Uh, so, if, if let me ask you about that. It, the, the only thing to me, Barry, that would make this beneficial for the Big 12 to have it this year, is if Oklahoma wins twice. If you beat a team twice in one season, and I'm not I'm not sure how many times that's been done in history that you beat a team twice in one season, then you absolutely – a good team twice in one season, then you absolutely deserve to be in the Final Four.
2: Yeah, I think it's a case of clearly the Big 12 might be better off without one this year. Last year they could have used one. You know, OU was on the outside looking in. I think they were seventh or so going into the final week and didn't have another, didn't have that 13th game would have really helped them last year. So, um, it's just hit and miss. Uh, I don't know that all the talk about the playoff. I don't know that that is sometimes we focus too much on what it means. For any particular year and the playoff consideration, the most important thing I thought was just from a reputation standpoint. Of all the other leagues have one, and the Big 12 doesn't. And with the Big 12's reputation to start with, it made the it just made the league look inferior. And I thought the advent of the, of the title game put a little bit of pizzazz back into the into the Big 12 and made it seem like more of the of uh, one of the peers of those other conferences.
1: Before we let you go, I just want to ask this one question. Do you like the current system, the four-team current system, or do you think it should be expanded?
2: I like it the way it is. I don't, uh, I think it's, um, if we expanded it to eight, much drama would would be gone. Let's say if we had eight in right now. Well, that would mean Clemson and Miami both going to make it. Right now, no matter what. No matter what happened in their game. That, that renders their game meaningless. Um, Oklahoma would be in, I think. Um, Alabama, in. Uh,
0: Georgia so, might be in. Georgia
2: might be in. It just takes so much of the drama out. My point is we sort of have an 18 playoff or a more playoff. It's these conference title games serve as, a, as quarterfinals in a lot of ways. So if you want to add it to eight, you're not you're taking away the drama from those title games and you're not really getting any more good games. You've just shifted the designation. So I like it the way it is. Um, don't we think I would change, I think I would change it to where you have to be a conference champion to get in. Uh, the less subjectivity you have, the more objectivity. Uh, you have is the best. Um, last year I didn't think it was right that Penn State got left out for Ohio State.
0: That's, that's really my only complaint. I like that idea myself. Barry's it been great having you on. We appreciate it with your expertise uh, on on Oklahoma and all things going on up there. Um, I would say one thing: if you could do something about the uh, the food in the press box, maybe up the ante there just a little bit. <laughs>
1: what, what, what did they serve you the other night, Kevin?
0: Well, it was something like pasta. I didn't. I I, uh, I I just went with the salad myself.
2: Uh, yeah, it was not pristine. It was a uh, hot dog wow.
0: and uh, some bad pasta.
1: Yeah. So let me. Well, I'll, I'll ask this, and then we'll let you go. Who has the best uh, press box food in in the conference?
0: Best press box food? That's a good question. I tell uh, you, Texas, Texas, Texas is fantastic. Yeah, Texas is good. Oh,
2: OSU's is always good. You got the barbecue; always good. Um, uh, I don't know. Tech is always a pretty good
0: meal. The best used to always be at Rice when I, back in my old days. And they, they served green <laughs> green chicken enchiladas. They were Oh, great. wow. They were great. Wow. They were homemade. Super.
1: Barry, thanks so much for being with us. It was terrific. All right. See
0: you guys. See Thank you, man. You. There he goes, Barry Trammell. Uh, He's I, so
1: even-keeled all the time.
0: He is so even-keeled. You know, it, and that's the funny thing in the, in the press box of the day, you know. We're all on deadline. It's a late game. At least I'm on deadline. I don't know how much they were on. And And Barry's just... Standing up, talking about things, you know, things that are going on in the field, and people are asking him silly questions, and he's answering them. He's the easiest-going guy, but you shouldn't – the, and the country, the twang and all of that, don't let that fool you. As he was reciting all those scores of all those games, first of all, I can't remember, you know, breakfast – and he's remembering all these games. he didn't come in here prepared to to, to spout that oh, moment. he didn't oh, you, you no, don't
1: no. think he was reading off a sheet oh no, no, no like it, you would be doing he, or he, I would be doing
0: he's he's very smart i I, I tell you we we talked before about uh about the al Eshpach in Oklahoma and about Paul Feinbaum about guys going into a a market and really kind of overcoming the odds against them you know Barry is very much an Oklahoman. But he's also a, a a guy who's very honest and and uh, and straightforward, and that's a hard thing to do in a in a, in a college town, you know. Sure. To be, you know, honest about what's going on, and 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 he does it as well. And then he writes as well as anybody. I, really I,
1: the question I wanted to ask him and, and didn't get to ask him because if I would have asked him, you would have like gone, you Crazy. would have been pointing. I'd watch. What year will Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma in our lifetime?
0: According to Barry Switzer, never. Right. Well,
1: he might be right. Oh, they will. Eventually.
0: When you know, listen. Just what you said about Lincoln Riley—it's a great point. You know how much of this was Bob Stoops' team? Obviously, it's Bob Stoops' team. Right. I mean, you know, uh, now it is Lincoln Riley's offense. But what will it look like when when Baker Mayfield is gone? You know, I'm assuming that we're we're going to have a local guy who's going to be the quarterback of the Sooners next year. A guy that, who whose dad played the at, the,
1: itty, the itty bitty guy, the guy whose dad
0: played at Texas. Oh, seven the, the, A&M. the
1: the the guy who I think Barry Switzer said, no problem, he'll step right in. Kyler Murray, he'll yeah. he, he'll, he'll he'll make Baker Mayfield look like uh, a six foot six guy yeah. playing <laughs> quarterback.
0: <laughs> yes, he will. Now, listen, Kyler runs really well, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to assume that that his his passing has gotten better, but he's nowhere close as a passer. That
1: Baker made all no. this,
0: and so that's just going to be. There's going to have to be a completely different offense next year because of that.
1: Who we'll draw that up though? Lincoln Riley will Lincoln draw Riley. that up. Now
0: we'll see how great Lincoln is. You know, and I, I think he is really good. To, to, to me, with a with a coach, what makes a great coach is that you adjust to the personnel that you have. You know, and this is what we do with this guy, and then this is what we do with this guy. You know, so we'll see what he's able to do if, if Kyler is indeed the starting quarterback for the Sooners next year. Um, I, I think that that Barry was right about a lot of things he said, and I, I, I thought it was interesting too what he said about the fourteen playoff. You know, when he when he makes the point that the conference championship games and there are in their own way, you know, quarterfinal playing games. games. Yes, and so and, and you know what he's right about that, and I, and I get that too. Um, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't agree with him at all about the about the need for a playoff game, and all oh, everybody else has one, and we don't. The committee has made its point consistently this year. You play good non conference games,
1: which Oklahoma did, which TCU did,
0: then it doesn't matter if you lose a game. It
1: doesn't bother you that there are only ten teams in the in the conference in the Big Twelve. No, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, how many teams are in, in Notre Dame's conference? None. None. You know, it But but their schedule you can't mess with their their schedule. Their schedule's
0: good. Now now their schedule this year is it's a typical Notre Dame schedule. But if you look at you know, just what Barry said, Oklahoma's played better teams. You know, they played a lot of good teams you know but they have not played you know it's like it's like Wisconsin didn't play a ranked team until last week when they beat Iowa that was the first ranked team they've played this year so i think the point is is that if you can if you will play good teams in non-conference which is what which is what the you know the committee told the Big 12 yes it would be good if you had a 13th data point yes that's true but you need to be you need to upgrade your scheduling that's what they said to Baylor you need to quit playing FCS teams
1: you know, you need to be playing. You need to be teams. at least. You need to beat all the uh, FCS teams you play. Yeah.
0: Well, that's not this year. That's for sure. But back when they were really good, browsing in, right. Ar- in 2014, when TCU got screwed and they dropped them, neither one of those schools was playing a good non-conference schedule, and that's why they didn't make the Final Four. Uh, you know, it's possible that could have been wouldn't have been the same if it was Oklahoma or Texas, but I think that's the reason. So we learned that lesson.
1: So what else do we have today on the Ballsy Podcast? So we have the return of Evan Grant? I understand, don't we? Uh, Evan, who? Evan Grant.
0: Oh, Evan Grant. Yeah, that's right. I remember He'll, he'll that.
1: be on talking Ranger baseball. Because the, the winter he, meetings. He, he, he has suddenly healed. I'll just – it was at the GM meetings, right? Yeah. He has suddenly GM, healed. I'm sorry. Last sorry. Last week he couldn't be on with us, but this, he's in Orlando. The trip to Orlando, he feels a lot better. He's revived himself.
0: himself. Yeah. Yeah, That makes him feel better. You're right. It's the GM meetings, not the winter meetings. Um, yeah, so he's there. And then we also have David Moore on the Cowboys.
1: We'll do an autopsy and maybe look ahead uh, – this, this Sunday night game could be brutal.
0: This Well, the game last week was brutal. Uh, yes, but now
1: now they're playing the, the, Eagles. the Eagles. This could be just brutal. Well,
0: and and, and, and we're going to discuss something, and I wrote something yesterday, and David wrote something yesterday, and neither one of us talked to each other, and I thought they were remarkably similar.
1: Maybe uh, you need to talk then.
0: And very, very disturbing, uh, I think. Not only what happened in that game, not only the fact that they lost that game, but the way they lost it, and then – the comments that uh, Jason Garrett made the day after the game, when he had a chance to think about it, and still said something that was really, really,
1: and we'll hysterical. we'll just tease that, yeah. and we'll get we're going to have David Moore and Evan Grant. It's it's a murderer's row of guests that we have this week. Murderer's row. So I'll, for, I'm Barry Horn. You're uh, Kevin Sherrington. Yeah, you had to think about yeah. that, and we'll yeah. say bye from Ballsy headquarters here in downtown Dallas. Bye. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast.
0: Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new
1: episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, See ya.